You know, I think it's unanimous at this stage. Women's Month, and everybody says that Women's Month should not just be a 31-day period. It should be something that is um, identified, highlighted, respected, and celebrated at any given point. Um, as to, I think, you know, to, to, to go the long way to emphasize the point of something like Women's Month, to have uh, a representation throughout, to not have ceremonious little pockets and brackets where you slot in um, the female sentiment, the woman sentiment, to have it represented on an ongoing, annual, sustained basis. So as we start our broadcast today, the last day of Women's Month, um, I'd love to leave you and, 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 and you know, let that seedling germinate in your mind there. But on that note, welcome to Newsbreak Talk, the last day of Women's Month. I just made it in time to come back and do a talk show about the topic. And um, yeah, so I think the month itself was spent listening to a lot of, um, I think, female sentiment, a lot of uh, encouragement of the, of the female spirit, celebration as well of women really making strong gains into areas dominated, um, you know, by, by men, by, uh, you know, against the gender, gender barrier. Of course, the atrocities committed against women also highlighted during this time. Again, um, you know, reminded with many saying, oh, it's, it's nothing to celebrate this Women's Month. Uh, I've got nothing to celebrate. I still live in a press life. So that was the narrative that came through very strongly this month. I decided I want to change it now on the last day and um, do something a bit more intellectual, do something a bit more uh, thought provoking by really coming through, uh, I think, the narrative and the conversations that take place on a daily basis on the ground there. But what women have to, um, you know, I think endure. And we spoke to, we spoke to many um, who shared their experiences, who come forward and, and who uh, raise the topic. I would at this point as well like to thank um, Newsbreak's Talisha Naidu for uh, bringing this topic to my attention. She said, I think this is something that we should be drawing our focus on. It's the questions women are asked if they specifically do something that goes against the norm of society. So if a woman is 35 years old and unmarried for whatever reason, um, you know, she's often taken aside at family functions or directly in front of people, why aren't you married? What's wrong? If a woman is married and decides, I don't want to have a child, she's taken up for that, sometimes by her very own spouse. If a woman decides, I want to have a one-inch fresh crew cut, um, she's questioned, but you're a female, why don't you have long hair? So the point then becomes, why is it okay to ask women these questions? And why is it not okay to maybe ask a man a certain question? If he comes home three hours late from work, it's almost, you know, okay, He's a man, he's allowed to do so. But if a woman were to do it, why are these questions asked to her? So to really put it to, um, to put a face to it, to put a voice to it rather, I spoke to a plus size model, Annalie Nagan. She's going to be participating in the um, Durban Fashion Fair, an iconic um, you know, fashion uh, celebration in Durban. And uh, she spoke to me about her choice in being a plus size model, the challenges she faced in this regard. And yes, that common question about why you're 32 years old and not married. It happens every other day, uh, given the age that I am, 32. Society is like, you know what, you need to be at 25 married, at 32 have two kids. Why not you 
when is it when's the wedding when are you having kids so every other day yes i want to talk about that i mean i often hear a lot of a, a lot of um females say oh gosh i have to go to i have to go to a family function and they're going to call me and ask me when i'm getting married <laughs> does that happen does that actually happen it happens it happened just recently as well and um at first it became a bit too much the questions but then i think as you get used to it now my answer is there's a time and place for everything it's just not my time right now now it's time you feel awkward when they ask you though very awkward yeah very awkward because um i do have family and friends who are younger than me i obviously respect them and their choices but married some have kids some don't have kids but like i said there's a time and place for everything yeah. and generally who asks these types of questions um it's more of the older generation generally you feel times are changing now for a woman Definitely it's changing because I'm I I also although I get these questions quite often I tend to meet more women like myself as well as opposed to maybe 5 years ago it won't be that common You know you said um there's a time and place for everything and yes. that's not what I want right now explain that to me what does that actually mean are you planning to you know be 32 unmarried and a career woman You know um when it comes to plans sometimes plans don't go how you want them to to go and then you always need to have a plan B um yes I plan on being single at 32 the thing is that you need time you need the commitment to be in a marriage you need the time and the commitment to have a kid uh, you also need time for yourself for career wise to build yourself because nothing happens overnight um it's a work in progress so it's giving back to yourself first before committing to somebody else you mentioned um when we were talking that you work some irregular hours yes i do and you know the the general sense is that a woman should work well you know that in the fact whether she should work or not is even debatable yes but um you know she should you know get home at a time take care of the house cook yes. cook a meal etc but a lot of women work irregular hours and are they still then expected to work the irregular hour and then go home and do the domestic things as well i think it should be a choice as opposed to an obligation um yes i do work irregular hours not your normal 8 to 5 is obviously dependent on the job role that i have and the commitment that i have to my job i i think the point is um as, you know like hypothetically if a man and a woman husband and wife are both working yes um and they both get home at 5 automatically then one assumes that the wife would then still have to cook and run the house even mm-hmm. though the two have worked the same amount of time for the yeah. same kind of work same amount of money brought to the home mm-hmm. but the woman kind of gets settled with the chore i i believe with that you have to be a strong believer of gender equality because it's not just the woman that needs to be in the kitchen um yes the woman can be cooking but why not have the husband help you as well so working hand in hand because it's a commitment and a joint commitment but i'm sure you'll be asked a question about that as well what kind of woman are you you're not cooking you're not taking care of your house um I think that I have to choose the right partner. That's why I say you need to have the time and the patience. It's so important to choose the right partner and somebody who complements you in your lifestyle. Like I said it's a commitment between two people and this it's gender equality. I mean you talked there about um you know making your own choices that may go against the norm. Um 
you recently entered uh, a very fascinating competition, <laughs> Durban Fashion Fair. Um, you entered the category of a, of a plus size model. Um, again, going against the norm. Explain that to me. Why did you enter this particular competition in this category? So I've decided to enter the Durban Fashion Fair. Um, obviously, this is their first year introducing the plus size models and allowing us to embrace plus size women. Given society and how it's been over the years, you've the, pl- the bigger built women, the plus size women, have not been out there. They haven't been put out there. But nervous to do it. But yeah, I got it done. Two months later, going to be on the runway. So what do you then? What, what does that then say about um, you know women defying the stereotype? Because often you know there is a certain way women as per the magazines, as per popular culture, the way a woman should be looking. And now to have a generation where women are saying, stop questioning me, mm-hmm. stop asking me why I'm so fat, or stop asking me why I look a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, what is that saying then about women standing up to those that question her? I think it also gives them a little bit more power to stand out in the crowd as well, because um, We've always been adjusting to society and society's demands. You get the, you know, the fair diets, the waist trimmers. Um, you want to have the tiny waist. But some of us are not because we, we are bigger, not because we live an unhealthy lifestyle. It may be because of our health. It's maybe we've been this way forever and we've tried to adjust to society. And it's time to take a stand and say society needs to adjust to us now. You know, taking all of that into account, what we've just explained, what you're saying is that a woman should be given the opportunity and the space to make her own choices, go against her norm, do what she feels is right. Taking all of that into account now, at the end of Women's Month, what is your message then to women and to society to start embracing that a little bit more? I think we are women, as women, we're grateful for Women's Month, but we need to get out of the fact that it's not just one month. It should be every single day that love the person you are, love the woman that's around you, no matter what size, shape, whatever you are, what curvy woman, skinny woman, just love the person that you are. And I think the most important thing is respect, respecting someone's beliefs. Annalie Nagin, the plus-size model, talking about her um, choices as a woman, the challenges she faces in having society respect them, and how she has decided to go with it and stand her ground and still continue to um, stand by her decisions. So yes, uh, last day, Women's Month, and Newsbreak, dis- uh, Newsbreak Talk decided to you know, make this the, the, the curtain call with regard to you know, the actual mandated celebration of this time and i'm very fortunate to be joined by two very very intelligent women um i can just go on listening to them whenever they speak <laughs> so uh welcome ladies dr sheetal bula of course a sociologist and academic and shabnam palesa muhammad an academic and agenda activist Ladies don't even need an introduction, right? We're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Lovely. you so much. Thank you so much for joining us. And and as you heard, let's let, you know let's start off there by talking about Annaline specifically, and that's the subject matter of the conversation today. A woman who has a choice has made a choice that doesn't really fit with the gender norms you know, of society, um, as has been you know for, for time immemorial now, and she's frustrated that people are questioning her, and this is what happens. I think a big challenge in our South African Indian diaspora, and I'm specifically relating to that, simply because 
we as ourselves as a community, we are in the middle of trying to get a balance right between holding on to traditional Indian ideologies, um, values, traditions, customs, and of course embracing modern influences, globalization, and with modern influences, a new world has developed, and of course, a greater stance for gender equality. Mm. With a greater stance for gender equality, you see women emerging as their own, as individuals. You see them living true to themselves. In the past, if you go back a decade, two decades ago, did women actually even have that kind of space to even say, you know what, I'm going to be true to myself. Mm. If I choose to have a partner and not marry him, maybe live with him or not have children for X amount of years, it is my right, it's mm. my body, it is my mindset. Mm. Um, I think, unfortunately, in the past, we've coming from a space where there was a very strong emphasis on a community identity in life versus an individual identity. Yeah, yeah. We've seen over the last 10 years, individual identities just emerge, spring up. And I think part of that growth, has the, there has been ardent female support around that for that to emerge itself yeah, yeah. and grow. And I just wanted to, on, on that point, uh, Dr. Jithil Bhulawa, talk to you about that, you know, women like yourself, academics like yourself, researchers like yourself, dialogue facilitators like yourself, are conscientizing women about their very own rights. Um, they understand what is available to them. And therefore, they're having new perceptions where a woman is actually saying, well, you know, maybe I'll think about marriage at 35 as opposed to 25. My question to you is, is society ready based on that societal picture you painted? Is, it, is society ready to embrace and accept a woman for making a choice like that? I think it's not only just about women. I think every society globally, in my perspective, you've got your conformists and you've got your non-conformists. Mm. When I say a conformist, I'm describing a person who basically follows traditional standards of conduct, traditional na behavior norms driven by society, motivated by society. And then you've got your non-conformists that go against the grain and feel they want to be more true to themselves and actually live life on their terms. Mm. Now, if you add the gender equation coupled with this personality um, division that I've just described as well. Depending on the different support structures, the social influences around it, each will develop differently in its own space. Yeah. And also we cannot remove ourselves as individuals from society. That individual growth is also very much influenced by the social growth as well. If your society, your immediate network, I'm not talking about your peripheral mm. network support around you, your immediate social network home? around you. Yeah. I would say, for example, uh, familial support. Mm. Um, and that's your primary socialization. And we all know as a kid, you have your primary socialization. Your family socialization is the first area of learning and growing. Mm. Thereafter, if you look at growth in terms of socialization, you've got secondary socialization. And there you've got other agency influences such as social uh, institutions, religious institutions, educational institutions, broader society networks, and the family takes a background. Mm. So what I'm saying to you as well, take this conformist, non-conformist personality, yeah. put them into the different social growth. If your network around you is going to basically uh, be more forceful about conformist um, behavior types and whatever, the growth and the step towards non-conformancy, for instance, is going to be a bit longer. It's going to take a different yeah. shape. It's going to emerge elsewhere. Yeah. And then... And <laughs> 
Shabnam Palesa Muhammad, the simple question to start mm. with you then is, but you won't ask a man that question, why he's 35 not married, why his hair so short? Yeah, I want to start here because every time Sheetal says non-conformist, she looks like me. So I'm very proud. Thank you very much. I love that. Um, yeah, but that's exactly it. We wouldn't say that to a man. You know, you're at a certain age, you're not married, you don't have children. And one of my very favorite ones is when women are asked, is your husband's okay with you working? Mm. But you wouldn't say that to a man. Is your wife okay with you working? Like, what's up with that? We're living in 2019. People need to be empowered. But we're human beings at the end of the day. We have dreams and aspirations. Everyone's got a different blueprint or a map for their life and what makes them happy and fulfilled. Mm. What makes one person happy is not what's going to make the other person happy. One. Mm. Second, you're developing at your own pace. You're Mm. making your own decisions. But deprogramming yourself from wanting to not just please society, but your family mm. and deprogram yourself from what society expects you yep. to be like is yep. a lot of work. Yep. You have to constantly check yourself and say, am I, am I making this decision because I want to make it yep. or it's because what's expected of me? That's important. And it's so entrenched. I mean, I, I think back to uh, an interview Hussein Ibrahim did with the former Deputy Mayor Fauzi Apir and mm. she said she's at high level political meetings mm. with women, women running the nation. Yeah. And at five o'clock they say, I've got to go, got to go home and cook. And she's questioned, you wouldn't expect a man to leave an exco meeting to go and take care of the home, but why must women still do it? That wouldn't happen. And I think it's up for those women who are in those public spaces as well to challenge that and their ways of doing that. I mean, we've all got to eat, right? Mm. So what's going to happen if you need to run the country, you've got very important things to do. Is it that difficult to fry an egg or order some food or take some cooking lessons or help in the kitchen? I mean, really, these are very simple things. And we're growing up little boys to believe in these gender roles and little girls to believe that's how they need to be socialized. And it's dangerous. It's taking us backwards in society. But it's going to take a lot of these conversations to educate people to deprogram themselves. Because Mm. once you start having the conversation, a lot of people say, you know what, I didn't think about it that way. Right. Now that you mention it. Absolutely. Uh, Another another point on that then, where does it stand now? I mean, Mm. we've been having this conversation for a long time. You've been in the studio for a long time. while the situation isn't so great for women, I've got statistics here at hand, I'll mm. go through it. We don't even need to, though. Mm. Um, we know the situation, but my question is, is a dent being made? Are men understanding that a woman has an equal right? Are families understanding it? The mm. age-old battle between the daughter-in-law and the mother-in-law? Yeah. Is that simmering down? Where is the social um, status with regard to a woman's choices being respected? That's exactly what I said to Puleng yesterday when we left the studio, is that Teresh and I have been talking about these issues for a long time. In some ways, it feels as if nothing's changed uh, because the rates of gender-based violence, if anything, are escalating despite our efforts, but we still have to keep at it. But at the other end of the spectrum. I do know people and men who have said, you know what, I want to change my behavior. I never thought about it that way. I was taught that that's the way I need to be. So, you know, there is hope and there is, you've just got to have a particular approach. Some people need a seed. Some people need a whole intervention. Um, But I think we need to keep at it and that hope springs eternal. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, Dr. Bula, before we go to the phone lines, I'm going to allow you to call us 089-310-8789. WhatsApp is quite lit right now, so we're going to go look at the messages there as well. uh, but uh, Dr. Bula, just a lovely little um, video I saw the other day. I shared it with Sheetal even, uh, mm. with Shabnam even. Mm. Um, a, a, it's this global brand, big, big global brand. Um, uh, um, what do you call it? A men's grooming brand. And they got a video out there about how 
the respect for women and, 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 and the change in society doesn't actually start with the women, it starts with the men. Because if they're the perpetrator, you've got to reach out to them first and change their mindset. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts on that, on the way men are fitting into this narrative? No, definitely. There has to be support from both genders, I would say, for this sort of development. And of course, if, especially if development is going to be sustainable. Mm. And I think also in terms of a gender perspective, men have got to be very careful and maybe refrain from the extraordinary pressures that they put onto, on women as well. Especially women that are in this contemporary modern era, like Shabnam has described. Working out there, making a difference, contributing to worldly matters, but at the same time, have extraordinary pressure to maintain that household in a traditional sense so the support has to be there number one but funny enough I want to take you back to um, the regions of philosophy and if you look basically to Hannah um, Arendt and she goes back and she talks about the Holocaust and she said um, you know the reality is and the her perception and worldview about that was that though the Holocaust the acts the atrocities were not basically conducted by psychopaths but by ordinary people placed under extra extraordinary pressure and what are we doing to women in our society are we not also taking them back by putting on extra extraordinary pressure to upkeep traditions to upkeep habits and life ways that are not always going to support the future and support a future functional uh, family unit and generation so gender equality plays a big role in that regard. At a point, I want to come to the point of feminism, the definition of it, because that is, uh, you know, the, the m- major theme that one, the theoretical uh, framework that one finds um, within this this conversation. And I think precisely that point there, ladies, to talk about feminism not being seen as um, a cupcake party where women get to have a tea party and talk about how successful they are. But how fem- feminism, the origins and the concept and construct of feminism is needed to fight global political calamities of representation, of understanding different viewpoints. So, yes, we'll touch on that as well. But to the phone lines, we're going to go 089-310-8789. We're talking, we're wrapping up our Women's Month focus here today. A uh, team of experts joining me in studio and we're talking about respecting a woman's choice to make whatever choice she'd like to. The views and opinions expressed on Newsbreak Talk do not represent those of SABC News or Lotus FM. So yes, to the phone lines, we're going to go now and let's say hello to Mr. Louis Pillay. Hello, Mr. Pillay. Uh, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon to the listeners and your guests as well. I want to defer, would, would you making the statement that, you know, Women's Day must be all around. It must not be 31 days, but it must be more. But, we you know, we also need and we must identify the cause. I think you must also look at the focus of that program. It's good to have Women's Day one day, but, you know, you, you need to know how you highlight that exercise. 16 days activism as well. We have 16 days to identify the worth of that cause. But if you look at it, it was not recognized before. So to put that into, into, into the yearly calendar, I think it's a very good idea to identify it. We made a lot of changes with regards to women and the force of women. In the past, women never was in parliament. There was no woman in government. So if you look at the gender equality and the programs that's running, women don't attend those programs. They don't attend those workshops as well. But you've got to identify the cause and you've got to identify the program that you're doing. 
nothing. Then Women's Day, the 9th of August is good. The 31 days for the month for women is good. But to bring it for the whole year, you're going to lose the focus. Thank you. Thanks, Mr. Pillay, for that interesting point there about the focus. Um, uh, also, I mean, you mentioned there that women are not necessarily involving themselves so much in these kinds of, uh, I think, parliamentary um, conversations. I think South Africa is doing very well, according to the UN report, is ranked top 10 there for gender representation um, with regard to the cabinet construction. So I think uh, I think women are, you know, it's almost on the right track there with regard to parliamentary representation. But um, we're going to get more thoughts on that. WhatsApp is going quite, quite, um, quite um, vociferous, I think. So I'm going to go there just now, but let's go to Selvin. Hello, Selvin. Good afternoon to you, Tarish, and your, and your guests as well. Your lady brought an important point down there. She spoke about uh, the deputy mayor saying how they have to rush home to cook food and so forth. Uh, I think men should also cooperate when their wives are working. But I'm proud to say that the top 100 women in the world in the Forbes history was from South Africa, and that was Judge Navi Pillay. And the other sad thing I'd like to say is people must respect women who are educated and qualified. The sad issue is this boxer, top South African boxer woman, has just been shot by husband. So these things happen when there's animosity between the spouses. So at the end of the day, if you treat a woman as a human being, there shouldn't even be an issue, as Louis was saying, have so many days of activism. Those who disregard the woman are the one that should be reminded. So we once again must thank Lotus for bringing up this awareness all the time. To you, Tadesh, and your staff and everyone, keep up the good work and God bless you. Thanks so much, Selvan. I think solid point there, ladies. Uh, don't treat women like a woman. Treat them like a human, and then there'll be no need to have any of these kinds of uh, atrocities that uh, many are experiencing and seeing. To the WhatsApp line we go now, and we're going to start with Mr. Rajan Rajkumar in Cape Town. Hi, Newsbreak team. We're in the 21st century, and the days of women being subservient to men are long gone. Women are now empowered to be equal to men. Women must use the opportunities available to them to become independent, self-reliant, and emancipated. Um, I think that's also something we should be talking about. You know, are women using um, the tools available to them to to free themselves from from any sort of oppression? Um, Anonymous tells us women have choices of their own for crying out loud. It's the 21st century, not when I was growing up. Ramba Mudli, actually, um, that text from Ramba Mudli. Um, not when I was growing up. Yeah, I'd love to know if you could call us then, if you're from that era, and let us know about some of the things that you were not allowed to do back then. And let's compare it to 2019. Um, maybe 10 years ago, 20 years ago, what you were not allowed to do compared to what women are doing and, and are allowed to do now. Uh, my husband always says, Yo, um, my husband always says to me, fat lump, fat so, so I decided to overcome it by not giving giving these words over but not yeah i think by not letting these words have power over me is what she's trying to say there sad sad indictment there but uh, thank you for sharing your story with us uh Tej is um this is from Tejal, i think it is and she says great topic uh, i've had my former boss's wife son and sons tell me we will introduce you to one boy get you married your lady it's god's gift to have a baby i argued my side saying it's my choice and i don't want to get married and have kids um i got a I got to a point where i got so irritated that i almost told them off ironically the middle son doesn't have kids and is single hmm 
There you go, different different rules there. Honestly, I don't know people uh, where they get the idea that if you are a certain age, you have to get married, or you're a lady, you have to have um, children. That's there from Angel sharing her uh, story with us. This is... Um, I don't, I don't know the name here, but um, the issue will never change for as long as we are subjected to the rules of, patri- of a patriarchal society. It starts by the stereotyping of children by parents. A multifaceted approach is required. While we bemoan the fact that women shouldn't be only one month, what stops us from practicing equality in our daily lives? Let's stand up in our homes, neighborhoods, and workplaces. We are good at talking after tragedies, but keep silent when female colleagues are harassed at work. Culture and tradition is just an excuse to subjugate women. Um, interesting, valuable points there. Thank you so much for raising them. Anonymous sent me a text. Um, she goes on to say, uh, this is my message to women. Be bold, be strong, no matter what you go through. Stand up for yourself, be independent, join workshops and learn from them how to carry yourself, how to learn um, to own your own money and be that woman that men won't take advantage over. Um, yeah, so I'm just trying to go through more messages here. I've got a message from Mohini, a very good topic for women nowadays. Um, th- women nowadays are more understanding, uh, and more understanding with the in-laws, I think. Mohini Karsan from Utenhege is trying to tell us. So yeah, I think um, Mohini, they're very, very interested in, in the conversation as well. So yep, we're going to be going to WhatsApp just now. Keep it coming through. More messages to read there. But I think uh, on the phone line, we've got um, more calls before we go to our panel of experts here. Let's go to Kogi from Verdlam. Hello, Kogi. Hello, Tareshan. This is Kogi. Um, uh, it's a very, very good topic that you chose today. Being the last of Women's Day, I think it's every day should be Women's Day, and men must respect and honor the woman in their life. And in my young days growing up from my late mom and dad, is to love and respect one another. Today, majority of the ladies don't have respect. They speak anyhow. They feel that uh, because they want to be the bullies. But uh, in my days, we grew up in a very, very hard way. And up till today, I got four kids. I always teach my children, love and respect will carry you right to your end. Because all your material things in this world, it doesn't matter. But if you've got love and you've got respect and love in the positive energy, God is with you all the time. Wonderful, Kogi. Thanks for sharing that message with us. We appreciate it. Let's go to Sheila on the line. Hello, Sheila. Hi. Tarish, how are you? Very well, thanks. Good to hear from you. Thank you. I will start off, uh, like, you know, um, in the way one is raised, because I came from a family where my own mom, I mean, in our family, women were working over 100 years ago. It's not about a male and a woman working. And even the way my mom raised us, my brother, uh, and the way he was raised, uh, we all used to contribute uh, to uh, cooking, cleaning uh, the household. Even my brother used to do that. So the result, if he's married, he's continuing uh, in the same way, even though his wife uh, was a career woman, etc. So it's how you are raised in your home environment that is so important. So it's every mother should learn how to raise their child and not separate the male and the female and say, well, the male's job is this and the female's job. And even my dad, my dad used to do a lot of things around the home, even though both my parents were working. So I just feel 
that uh, it's very important the home environment, how a parent raises their child. Even the violence that we see in society comes from the way a person is raised. But the other issue is jealousy, envy, greed, uh, which contributes both to the male and female individuals. You'll see that in recent times there's been a lot of... um, women that are taking protection orders against the male and and even the female are being murdered. And we have to look at those issues. What is causing this problem in our society? It's the violence. It's the anger, the individual anger. The the jealousy, of course, also comes from where a woman in the household is earning much more than the male. And they get very envious. And I personally had to give advice to members in my own family where where I found a woman was going out uh, with the male that was earning less. And I always used to say, well, you know, before you get married, you'll have to see if that person is going to accept who you are. If they're not going to accept who you are, you're earning more and they're going to get envious at some stage. It's no use getting into a marital situation that's going to then cause a problem. Should I leave it there? Thanks for raising that valuable point about, you know, that that, um, finance issue, being jealous of your female partner, and therefore that being a breeding ground for violence will tackle that as well. Uh, Thanks for the call. Fatima on the line. Hello, Fatima. Hello. Good afternoon, Taresh. Mm. I I want to contribute to your program. Sure, go ahead. I like to say that the men, when they come to marry the girls, the, the mothers will say, oh, they want the sons, oh, they want a very nice for a girl, but they fail to realize how their son's behavior is what they are. Yeah. They just put a show when they come to see the girl, or whether it's arranged marriage or whether it's a love marriage. But after marriage, you come to know what the husband is. Advice then. They, to forget, d- they forget the moral values. They yeah. forget the ethics. Yeah. They forget the dignity. Yeah. They don't have no dignity, no ethics, no integrity. Their so, mothers must install that into them. Right. They forget their roots. Same applies to the woman. Absolutely. It applies to both. Yeah. Fatima, I want to ask you a question. For Fatima, how much career you can have? Yeah, how Fatima. How much wages you can earn? Yeah, Fatima. If you don't have no moral values, <laughs> ethics, no integrity, no dignity. You are not working society. Yeah, I, I see you very passionate there, Fatima, about it. I'd love to hear that in your voice. But I want to ask you a question. How then do you instill that? You know, if there's a marriage situation and, and, and somebody goes, uh, I want this type of girl for my son, what should the counter question be? Surely it should be, well, I want well, this type of man for my, for my daughter. Behavior is first. A son could be very good in the house, but outside with his friends, the friends will know the true story about the son. The mother's failed to realize that. Wonderful. Thanks, Fatima, for contribution there. We really appreciate it. So some, a lot of uh, strong sentiments. To Anonymous, very quickly, before we go to our experts in studio. Hello, Anonymous. Hi, how are you? Well, thanks. All right. Um, I love your topic, and please don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm a woman. I'm totally for women, yeah. totally against abuse and whatever. Yeah. But I think a lot of credit needs to go to a man. They do have power. Uh, in terms of power, I'm speaking from regards to like, I can't go and chop a tree. I can't clean my pumps. There's a lot of things that I need my husband to do. And I think the community and I mean, women of these days, um, they, the reason why marriages are not working and stuff are not working is because you always want to be equal to a man. There's a lot of ways where you can't be equal to a man. And I can guarantee you that because I'm speaking for myself. And I run a business with my husband. And there's a lot of ways that I can be better than him with my mind. But 
with by terms of my body and stuff like that, I can't do the things that he does. And I just think it's something that women need to take into consideration. I mean, a man is got power, but we've got brains. Thank you so much. I appreciate that point. I think it's a, you know, I'm always, and with a lot of group of my colleagues, we've been talking this entire Women's Month about us wanting to do, you know, a different angle to the Women's Day, Women's Month narrative, not necessarily do the, you know, success in business or oppression, gender-based violence. And I think this is one of them. Yes. That um, a woman saying, well, a man and a woman isn't exactly equal. Um, I can't chop a tree and I need my husband to chop that tree. Uh, but there's, of course, some things that I can do that he can't do and vice versa. Um, and I know that's one of the questions, debates about the construct of feminism, that men and women are not equal. A man is stronger. He runs of testosterone, a woman runs of estrogen. The two are completely different chemical compounds. Your thoughts, ladies, on what it, you just heard? It depends, Taresh, because Casta Semenya can outrun all of us. <laughs> the lady who was killed by her husband would yeah. knock out all of us in a boxing ring. But it's how we define power, right? Because power is not necessarily, we're not talking about power in terms of physical strength. Mm. We're talking about power as a human being and what it is that you achieve in mm. your life and in your world. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think one can compare physical to 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 a mental and then say that mm. physical is more important because that's what it sounds to yeah. me that was what yeah. was coming across yeah. and that yeah. society has always defined power as how strong you are and that's not the case mm. women are absolutely equal to men as human beings in terms of our rights in terms right. of our responsibilities that's what we're talking about and patriarchy is a funny creature right because i can hear it even in some of the comments that are coming through patriarchy is not men patriarchy is a system yeah Right, just as how men can be patriarchal, women can be patriarchal as well Absolutely. and subscribe to that system and be mm. apologists for that system. So clearly, a lot of work still needs to be done to be deprogramming us. So from entrenched, where we're at. Hey? yeah. Doctor Bula, your thoughts on that? I mean, you know, I know what you're going to say when I ask you this question. Can you cut down a tree? Well, let's be real. <laughs> Like you said, I, I thought you were going to say yes. Electric saw? We can do it. And you know what? A, a powerfully, how can I say, enabled, financially strong woman will employ a service or a garden service to come and chop down the right. trees. You don't need a man in your house to do that. <laughs> but onto a serious note, I think we need to look at how society defines patriarchy. What do they understand and conceptualize by those terms? In the same way, let's understand, conceptualize the social cues. What does it mean to be part of a highly coordinated group as a human being? Now, to understand society, social functioning, let's understand. Human beings, it is innative, it is natural to function highly in terms of a traditional uh, roots of the human being development, in terms of growth of society and peoples, to be in a coordinated function, right? You conform. So if patriarchy is dominant, you're going to conform to that. Men and women, like Shabnam has indicated, are party to that. And also, conformity for many people is soothing. It's easy. Mm. It's soothing. Don't rock the boat. Don't rock the boat. Social disapproval can basically provoke major disturbance in emotional intelligence. Mm. It can disturb emotional instabilities. It can create social uh, instabilities as well, dysfunctionalities as well, yeah. depending how non-conformity is absorbed into society, mm. whether it mm. is a sectored. Yeah. So, so it is, uh, understanding, for instance, 
what it is to be a patriarchal society, defining the space you are in, defining the stages of growth and development from traditional patriarchy to contemporary modern patriarchy to the futuristic ideals of patriarchy. Is it going to be existent? Is yeah. it there? And of course, the ideals then would be for our society to function aptly, appropriately, and of course, create the balance. Absolutely. I want to you know, comb through some of the interesting points that came through raised there by the callers. So we'll try and go one by one with some of that. And, and maybe let's start um, with you, Dr. Bula, before we, uh, the specific one that I want to talk to Shabnam about. But, you know, Sheila called through in household chores and the issue of, of being raised equal. You know, um, it's almost a norm. You send your little daughter of five, six years old to help mommy in the kitchen, and then the son must go and help dad in the garage. Mm-hmm. Um, the, that's kind of the way it's done. And you, can you change it? Can you change a system like that at home? I think initially change has to start at small steps. I think with any change in particular, and where else other than the home and within your immediate social surroundings and networks. But you cannot also remove. It's challenging, I think. I mean, look at what the media feeds us. Look at advertisements, the pink and blue variations, mm. um, with the media and globalization as well, continually steering and indicating to us the stark differences between men and women. Uh, the ideals of what little, little girls should be and should not be, the way they should behave. And we can't remove the fact that we as human beings, as, with, as in your young teenage years and when your personality is developing, whether you can actually identify yourself as being part of a collective or a complete individual or you want both of those elements in your identity as well, you're influenced by everything around you. Yeah. Absolutely everything. And... Um, I think it's basically, it reaches a point in my personal opinion in terms of growth within a functional network that you're going to say to yourself, this is going to work for me. I'm going to uh, not conform to this of patriarchal system mm. and I'm going to basically be acceptance to, to, to that and have willingness to work with that. Yeah. Your thoughts, Shabnam, on that very point of trying to create that the way you raise children? So important. Recently, I was reading about a shop that had stored products, of course, the usual pink for girls, blue for boys, but it was even worse than that. The pink was a nurse's uniform for the girls and the blue was a doctor's outfit for the boys because girls can't be doctors and boys can't be nurses. It's bad. I mean, it gets ingrained into the mind of a little child. Thankfully, I've been brought up in an environment where I was told, you can do whatever you want to do. So feminism is something very strong in my environment. Mm. And I think feminism means equality. It's not yeah. a you know, big, scary word. It's just yeah. all it means is I'm equal to you, yeah. regardless of our gender. Um, and so I'm, I'm thankful that I had that upbringing, because without that, I might also be a conformist who believes patriarchy is the only way, because that's all I know. Mm. So because of that, I was able to make life choices in terms of what I wanted to study mm. in terms of being an activist. I must say, though, when I was involved in a relationship at some stage, um, there was a woman who was being beaten up on the road and I intervened and went to got in, get involved and I was subsequently told, but no, that's what, not what women in our family do. Of course, that didn't last. But, um, you know, these are the expectations of us. You're a woman, yeah. you're meant to be quiet, yeah. you're not supposed to yeah. do whatever it is you want to do. And, and yeah, why are you not married yeah. yet? Shabnam, on mm. uh, violence that you raised now, we had a, uh, I think it was... Um, um, I think it was, was it Fatima or was it Kogi who raised it about the fact that uh, jealousy, mm-hmm. I think it was Sheila actually, jealousy, um, you know, if, if a woman earns more than a man, then that is 
opening her up to gender-based violence, and mm. you deal with a lot of that. Absolutely. I think we shouldn't try and justify uh, gender-based violence by saying, you know, that opens you up. It's not your fault. That You're not opening yourself up to anything. The violence is the responsibility of the perpetrator, not for you and what you're achieving. And given the economy, frankly, any man that's uncomfortable with that, I don't know. He needs to really have to check himself before he wrecks himself because you need two people earning money in the household. And if your wife happens to be earning more, great. If you were earning more than her, I'm sure she'd be happy for you. So I don't think that we need to buy into those stereotypes, but also challenge them every time we hear them. When we are silent, that breeds that injustice and that oppression. Mm. It, sometimes it's tiring, but unless you say something, it just grows. So it's yeah, important for yeah. us to do that. Bringing it all back now, ladies, to the point of the conversation, um, the different questions we ask women versus, you know, maybe the different questions we ask men. Mm. And on that point there, it's really in, in a colloquial sense, you know, um, if a man is earning more than a woman and he's paying for all the bills, it's right, it's okay, move along. But if it's the other way around where, you know, the woman is driving the car, the woman is earning more, the man is unemployed, then around the bride, that word, hey, you unders. Yeah. Um, how do you fight that? I think then again, it's just basically social social influences and of course the mindset that we need to collectively try to shift. And um, this, of course, it stems from traditional ideologies within our South, South African Indian diaspora. A lot of our culture has been patriarchal in many d degrees, to such an extent that non-conformity within patriarchy has led to bullying, alienation, and various types of instabilities in families and in other networks as well. Mm. So it's definitely a mindset as well. And I think more important in terms of changing that mindset, as much as we are in the space where in a modern contemporary space, we are always trying to be at it, like Shabnam says, not be silent, not conform, not keep quiet about these things. I personally feel it's a journey we're on and the progress in terms of uh, leveling the play field will eventually will come. And I think bottom line as well, what we keep forgetting, leave patriarchy aside, leave any, anybody, any other institutional issue that we may be fighting, social issue. What has happened to basic human respect just between people, for people to just be mindful, be respectful, be thoughtful. Don't run that woman down if her husband's the, the, the homemaker and she's bringing the dough in, for instance. Don't run the marriage down. Mm. Don't run the dynamics down. Yeah. Support it. Accept the fact. Be acceptance that people function differently. Yeah. Different things drive different people. Absolutely. Although we have collective identities, bottom line is that every single one of us are individuals. And yeah. we all have the right to make individual choices that yeah. are fitting for ourselves. And the point of this is don't question one don't and not question. the other. Shabnam, I know you've got some thoughts on this and you'll mm. bring it in and all, but yeah. I want to ask you specifically then, um, and give us some tips then to the ladies on the ground who, who get asked that question. I know you get asked a lot of weird questions. You often yeah. share it with me. Mm. Um, what do you do in that moment when somebody, a senior somebody, maybe it is somebody within your religious institution or somebody, even your boss, like I think it was Thedril who me messaged us, you know, 35, why are you not married? Mm. What do you do? Because mm. at the same time, you don't want to be overly rude, but you also want to stand your ground. Mm. So what is your tip to women to... Um, set the record straight whenever they asked an awkward question? It depends on how awkward the question is and it depends on your situation uh, and the person you're interacting with. Now, some people you're able to just with a smile say, but why would you ask me that question? Mm. Why am I not married? Why don't mm. I have children? 
what like what's the curiosity about and you find almost immediately they start to back off and say no no i didn't mean to offend you and i'm like i'm not offended i'm just wondering why you're asking me that question especially if you know how old you are um but it's important to stand your ground depending on like i said how how uh, robust the situation sometimes you have to say i think you're being offensive with that question having said that i've had women make equally awkward mm. comments at me for example why are you so thin i mean do you only eat lettuce all day and it's it's as offensive to say to someone who is at a certain weight well body shaming right we wouldn't say to someone who's over a certain weight why do we say to someone who's under a certain weight i'm happy with myself but we have to also understand that uh, someone may have a medical condition it may be their genetics why are we even asking these people this question is something that has to be tackled so you got to respect yourself first to be able to make the statement that you have to say yeah, yeah. and understand that you're leading the way for generations of women if you don't say anything yeah. this thing will continue yeah, you must yeah. always say something shital very quickly and i know uh, just to add to that was once we did a conver- we did a discussion about boundaries and um uh the expert i think it was dr kashnim haraj she said no is a sentence mm, i can right. look you in the eye and say no and walk away it's a sentence mm. and also i think women even men anyone for that matter any individual has got any given right even not to choose not to respond to a question we are as individuals you are not forced to basically explain yourself to anybody If it makes you feel comfortable do so if it's going to make you feel uncomfortable it's okay if it's important for you within that dynamic and relation for that person to understand it understand where you're coming from understand your space understand your personal motivations do so if it's going to enhance the relationship do so if it's not going to benefit you in any way benefit the relationship in any way not going to make a difference to you in any way it's okay also not to give everybody an explanation yeah, I, yeah. in my personal space i mean as an individual i uh, i chose to have my uh, my child later many years after marriage i was questioned frowned upon people assumed that i had fertility issues for instance and uh, i just chose not to engage with it i stepped back from it yeah. i said you know what this is not the truth even now in this day and age if i fly off on a conference and i'm on international travel people ask oh shame who's going to see to your son he's dead he's dead i'm not a single parent yeah 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 whatsapp is really busy and i got to go through so much i want to try and fit it all in so when we come back it's all about whatsapp stay tuned Okay, I want to go to WhatsApp in our last 5 minutes try and get through as many as I possibly can. So much coming through, so much of sentiments. Um if WhatsApp would do the trick here. So, yeah, we even have a woman anonymous talking about um her story about abuse and ah, we sympathize with you and you know, I think we always have to revisit that case and what you can and cannot do in that regard. So, I'm sorry anonymous, but we will try and factor that into our broadcast at a point. Vasi David of Johannesburg, I'm one of those parents that worries about my daughter. She's very independent, carefree, and I decided to let it be and realize it's the modern times and when it happens, it will be uh it it will. A blessed weekend for all that's from Vasi David interesting to see some of these sentiments coming through and people you know understanding this kind of um um point uh this text is from Betsy Hi it's just Jessica it's Jessica my dad didn't want me to cut my hair and wear makeup I was 16 at the time it's 45 years ago but within 2 years I got married 
<laughs> yeah, wow, that was um Yeah, okay. D- did you ladies at a point mention that patriarchy also stands for double standards at a point? Yeah, I think absolutely. so, yeah. This is from Zakira in Johannesburg. This quote sums it up. A woman's worth. I'm not someone's daughter, sister, mother, I'm someone yes. all on my own. Zakira mm. in Johannesburg. Well said there. Um Renee, good afternoon to you and your guests. I agree hundred percent with Annaline getting married and having children does require a lot of time. I also think it's the fear of commitment as well. Marriages back in the days lasted till eternity, unlike today's marriages. From Renee in Arena Park. Thank you so much for that, Renee. Appreciate it. Um, next text now. What about when mother-in-laws tend to say that their sons are under petticoat <laughs> government when they tend to do anything for their wives, yet their husbands themselves, being a f- the father-in-law, will make uh, them tea and snacks and take it to them? Yo, <laughs> I can't even comment on that. Uh, hi, it's Charlene. Women have a right to say yes and no. Women have a right to choose her own rights. Parents should respect their children's choices. Charlene, nice and simple. Day. Um, yeah. Uh, yes, Ashita, you say? I was just thinking aloud as well. In terms of parents and accepting the young feminist child's choice preferences and worldview of life, it's a generational gap as well. Yeah. So I think, in terms of the looking at our young women that are basically. Um, anti-patriarchy, they've got a clear pathway and ideas and ideals set for themselves and goals to achieve. I think the onus is on them to shift their parents to support yeah. you in that light. Yeah, educate so young the girls elders out almost. there, don't give up. Shift your parents in your space. Make them understand. Mm. And I think that's the best way is through yeah. communication. Yeah. Let's go through a bit more. Greetings to the panel. In my observation over the past decades, during the during the past patriarchal system, most men were very accustomed to being an authoritative uh, position, placing most women into a submissive position. The practice was traditionalized. But currently, as women progress, some men do not have the understanding and acceptance of the woman in progress. Interesting point there. Um, very sad to see what in-laws do to their daughter-in-laws and son-in-laws on television series. I mean, mm. that was a major case study for the Mm. Progression of patriarchy. Um, women like to have a lot of finance. Mm. If a woman is so strong, how come working class women don't marry a man who doesn't have much? But a working man can pull out a woman from any background and give her a good life. Okay, thanks for your contribution. Um, sorry, if you bring up children the same, the same, whether a boy or girl, then there will be more. I had to stop reading that text. I'm I sorry. I can see where that was yeah. going. That was, that was, yeah, I was incorrect. Uh, awesome topic. Gone are the days when women always felt inferior to, to men, women and daughters, sisters, wives and mothers. They play an exceptional role in society. Almost time to end. It is time to end. I can't go through any more of our texts. Thank you so much, everybody, for sending them through. Ladies, as we wrap up, a quick parting shot now. A woman has a right to make a choice. That is uh, the intellectual freedom that she has. Um, how should she defy the questions? I think it's personal choice. Uh, put yourself in a comfortable space. Manage yourself well. Think before you speak. And also understand why do you always need to explain yourself. And identify with yourself as well. I think personally, if you can identify yourself as a conformist, non-conformist, where you are at, the space you are at, responding and deciding whether to respond or not to respond, mm. those questions then come easier to you. Yeah, you, Shabnam? I think we need to question ourselves at all points and see whether we're engendering and strengthening the patriarchy or we're working towards equality. It's not easy, but at the end of the day, as a female, your life, your body, your choices, woman led to that.
Ladies, we thank you so much for your time. Appreciate all the intelligent information you've put together here today for us. We wrap up Women's Month and let that spirit continue for human rights. I think not women's rights, human rights, because that's how uh, society needs to function. The broadcast came your way courtesy of the team. That was executive producer Salma Patel and Rachel Vadi. Back tomorrow. I'm talking NHI tomorrow. Get your questions and your thoughts ready. We'll talk about NHI. From me, Tarish, hey, have an awesome day.